Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast is sponsored by St. Martin's Press, publisher of John Kasich's new book, Two Paths, A Plan to Reclaim the America We Love, One Nation Under God, Indivisible. Learn more at twopathsbook.com. Here on the podcast is our good friend, Jay Cost. Jay, how are you? I'm great, Michael. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I think I'm doing a little better than Lawrence Tribe and some other folks who are getting intellectually overheated. Uh, Mr. Tribe has written a piece calling for the immediate impeachment of President Trump. And I've been wanting to ask you this question. Just how impeachable is President Donald Trump? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, uh, there's sort of two ways to answer it. Uh, the first is just by congressional math, uh, which you know re- would require a majority in the in the House to present articles of impeachment to the Senate and a supermajority in the Senate for conviction. And at this point, by neither stand by he, he there's nowhere near sufficient numbers. Now, whether or not um, you know Trump should be impeached, that's sort of a different question. Um, and Tribe sort of tries to make the argument that he should be impeached because. He, he has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. But if you read Tribe's op-ed for the Washington Post, you see that it's just really uh, rhetorical bluster, a lot of heat, but virtually no no light. Yeah, that's how I felt, is that it was kind of like the, uh, you know, the guy out on his front porch yelling, basically, hey, you Trumps, get out of my lawn. You know, there, there weren't a lot of facts of here's X event, here's X, you know, crime, etc. But if you were hired to make the case for impeaching Donald Trump, what is there one area where you go, you know, this is the place where he's facing the most exposure? Probably with the his sort of loose talk about why he fired Comey on NBC and sort of tying in, you know, mentioning the uh, the Russia investigation and also just in general stamping all over his uh, his own administration's exp- explanations for that. But I mean, that is so far afield from anything that's legitimately impeachable. Um, and you could see it in. Um, you know, in in tribes op ed where he says that, you know, we, we can't wait for the investigations because that he says that risk, quote, try tying our nation's fate to the whims of an authoritarian leader, end quote. Right. I mean, and that to me is the essence of the problem. It's not like there's any sort of one crime or, or anything uh, that's impeachable, but just, just the sort of idea that Trump's an authoritarian, that he represents some sort of unique threat to the constitutional system of our government, and that that requires you know, a similarly extraordinary response. And, and this is all just assuming facts that aren't in evidence. And uh, frankly, I think it gives uh, short shrift to our constitutional system, that it's, it's one thing to have a bad president. The country's elected plenty of bad presidents in the past, you know, and, and by and large, we've managed to make it through bad administrations. Uh, all right. And we've never had to resort to an extra const- or sort of this extreme constitutional remedy of impeaching somebody. And and I think Tribe gives a game away by calling Trump an authoritarian leader. I mean, he's not an authoritarian. He, he might have authoritarian impulses, but the fact of the matter is, is that he's still checked by the courts. He's still checked by the Congress. He's checked by the filibuster. He's checked by state governments. I mean, this is not, he is not Bonaparte, for goodness sake. You know, I think the phrase authoritarian dictator is so wrong when there's another much more effective, accurate, and understandable phrase, which is jerk boss. 
The guy's a jerk boss. He's used to people just doing what he says. He's used to abusing his power to get get what he wants, whether it's from people he has contracts with or whether it's female-type people as has been well-established or whatever. And so he just acts like a jerk. And you're, you make the point that there's nothing unique about Trump's behavior as far as not being a great, you know, people having a problem with how he's president, whatever. He's not a unique danger to the Constitution. Why do you think it is that the left keeps going there? I, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't know, you know, obviously, because um, I'm not a liberal and I don't, you know, I'm not in their personal, you know, people insofar as I talk to liberals, they know I'm a conservative. So their conversations with me are guarded. But I, I think they're really freaked out by Trump. I think that they're really bothered by him. And I think that they believe this idea that he is he is some sort of ex- existential threat and i think probably a big chunk of that is just the in, instinctive partisan response um, that really has typ- typified american politics for for centuries of sort of viewing the other party as being the enemies of good government and probably compounding that with the fact that uh, you know trump is very blustery and he alienates a lot of people needlessly um, and so i think they're just emotionally i think the left is emotionally very wrung out i think um, and i think that uh, you know they have I think that they were all shocked in November when Trump won. I think we all were, but I think that they they were more shocked. And I think they're having a hard time coming to terms with it. And I also think they're not taking good news when and as it comes. You know, like, for instance, you know, uh, an argument against this I, tribe's idea of Trump being an authoritarian leader is the fact that the courts are slowing down and might even halt altogether his executive order on, you know, banning temporarily immigration from Muslim majority countries. I mean, that's an example of a reason for people to actually breathe a sigh of relief. You know, similarly, the the interim FBI director saying that the work of the department on on the Russia in investigation. I mean, that's a reason for people to breathe a sigh of relief. And I just I don't see people on the left really doing that. And I think that they're it feels like a very emotional, almost frantic kind of response. Absolutely. There's a case to be made that Donald Trump is the Wagnerian president. Uh, as Mark Twain, I think it is, said of Wagnerian opera, it's better than it sounds. You know, yeah. Trump isn't nearly as bad a president as he appears to be. Uh, yeah. be uh, uh, underneath the incredibly dumb tweets, underneath the you know goofball statements, if you look at the policy, I mean, you know, uh, deregulating the economy, so far pretty reasonable. He's not calling for, you know, lead to be poured into our children's breakfast cereal. <laughs> you know, foreign policy has right. been pretty steady. In fact, you could argue that he's actually kind of surprising people with China a little bit. And he hasn't. In Syria? Yeah, in, absolutely in Syria. But to me, Syria is, I'm not going to call it a no-brainer because I don't want to say that President Obama had no brain. But it was pretty hard to, to make Syria this bad. It's pretty easy right. to make Syria better. China and North Korea is more complicated. And so far, you're looking at this. No matter what happens, the things he's doing aren't idiotic or insane. They're in right. the parameters of presidential presidentialness. And yeah. once and, again, and, back, so, so I have a theory. I have a theory that for all the talk of how it is the right that's full of kind of intellectually limited, knuckle-dragging, you know, uh, knee-jerk reactionaries. Obama's a Kenyan socialist who was born in whatever, you know, that kind of thing. 
that there is at least as much of that on the left, but from people who are more educated. So you get a more educated level of bizarro conspiracy theory and ridiculous overreaction and knee-jerk gut-level hate. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think as well, I think there it's it's operating. I mean, I don't want to this is might sound weird coming from a, a conservative to be offering, you know, quote unquote free advice to to liberals. And it might sound like concern trolling, but I mean, just sort of trying to be as neutral as I can and sort of as neutral a mindset as I can. You know, I mean, Trump is if, if voters you know, the American public's already soured on Trump as a president. Now, whether or not, you know, the pu- public will sour and then it'll sweeten and it'll sour again. So things are always in flux, you know. Um, but, you know, if the midterm elections in 2018 were to be held today, you know, the House Republican majority would be in grave danger. Um, and and so I think that insofar as Trump is just being conventionally bad, uh, and, you know, doing his usual Trumpian bluster where he alienates people rather than winning them over to his cause. Ultimately, if you just if the left would just allow the normal course of politics to play out, uh, it will be to their political benefit because, you know, the framers of the Constitution, you know, have there's a remedy for bad or unpopular political leadership in the government, and that's elections. You know, from every time a new Congress is sworn in, there's an, an election to replace the entire House and a third of the Senate within within a, it, 22 months. There's always an election right around the corner in this country, and to, to suggest that elections are not sufficient and we need some sort of, you know, another you know, something extraordinary like an impeachment based upon vague definition of obstruction of justice. Yeah, I, I think it's just it doesn't give the people enough credit, number one. And also, I don't feel like this is the sort of thing that's going to help the the left's cause in advance of, of the next election. This sort of screeching, hyperbolic, you know, the end is nigh kind of uh, rhetoric. The notion that you should uh, limit the First Amendment because Trump is allowed to speak, which is a notion, or Trump supporters are allowed to speak. And that's, I hear this notion seriously proffered from people on the left. The notion that campaign laws should somehow be adjusted to restrict campaigning because Trump won. So obviously something went wrong. I can't believe that Democrats haven't figured this out yet, though. That if they ever did somehow get to the point where they could push through the impeachment, that almost every Republican in Congress would go, Okay, President Pence, <laughs> damn Skippy, I'm on board. I mean, it really is. It's like the, uh, you know, don't throw me in that briar patch. I mean, oh, my gosh, you're going to force me to have an actual thinking conservative with actual conservative principles be the president? That would be terrible. One who's not overtly hated by you know, a third of the American people, a guy who brings the temperature from boiling down to, let's face it, barely tepid. Oh, my, please, <laughs> please, Democrats, please don't do that to me. They have not figured that out, Jay Cost. I know. I agree. I, I totally agree. And I think it more to the point, too, is that, you know, Trump is politically, you know, I, I'm been frustrated by Trump because I see I see a, an impending rebuke of the congressional Republicans as a consequence of Trump's erratic behavior, uh, and I don't I don't understand why people like Larry Tribe scanning the situ- exactly same situation and not seeing that his side 
stance to reap the political rewards from Trump's, you know, erratic. And and let's be honest too, his what what's been particularly erratic is what he says on Twitter and what he says in press conferences. To your point, I mean, there haven't been any policy decisions that have been made that have been especially controversial or even all that questionable, even the firing of James Comey. I mean, my goodness, if there was somebody in Washington, D.C. who deserved to be fired more, I don't I can't think of anybody. It's just the way that Trump did it and what he said to Lester Holt that has everybody, you know, all of Twitter. No, Koskinen. That's the guy who deserves to be fired yeah, more. Kos- even. Yeah, that's right. Koskinen is number one. And a, definitely a, number a, one. a close, a close number two is uh, is uh, James Comey. Well, Jay Cost, you're my number one favorite guest to have on the podcast. Don't tell Bill Crystal I said that. Thanks so much okay. for joining us. We appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Daily Standard Podcast. You can find all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com or better still, just subscribe to them at iTunes or Google Play by searching weekly standard when you subscribe you'll never miss an episode of the daily standard including our special features the confab every weekend and crystal clear every friday plus you can leave reviews of the podcast and let people know that you found content that you enjoy don't enjoy it have a question comment or complaint just email podcasts at weeklystandard.com thanks again for listening i'm your host michael graham